Welcome back to the Midweek Debrief, Season 3. I'm Jasper, and I ride a black Triumph Scrambler 900. Here's how it sounds. I'm Jed, and I ride a straight pipe Triumph Bonneville. Here's how it sounds. Join us each week as we catch up, discuss the latest headlines in the biking world, tackle a topic and answer your questions. We also have some exciting guest interviews lined up for this season, so stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Motone Customs. If you're like us and you're always looking for the next custom part for your bike, Motone has loads on offer, from headlight to taillight and everything in between. With daily worldwide dispatch, Motone are here to cater for all your custom needs. Check out what's on offer at www.motone.co.uk. Welcome back, episode four. Jasper, how are you doing? I'm extremely well. I'm extremely well. We've had another great weekend. Oh, it's been fantastic. And uh, now we sit down for our debrief, which is always always enjoyable. It is indeed. Now, before we get into it, there's one thing we have to discuss, and that is your new bike, if we can call it that. Yeah, well, so I have a bike on loan, and it's for the TT. You know what it is, but a lot of people don't. It's the Speed Triple 1200RR, so it's Triumph's most high-performance bike. Yeah, I mean, is it is it any faster than the RS out of interest? I'm actually not entirely sure. I think it's the same platform, but just one being the naked and one being yeah. um, semi-fared. So you've taken delivery of this as a press bike. For people that haven't had deli- taken delivery of a press bike before, how would you describe the whole process? It's just very sort of haphazard. The van turns up, yeah. the bike's out, and uh, the, the guy's like, yeah, here you go, here's the keys. See you later, and he's back in, and they're gone. It's all, all within the space of about four minutes. But no, it was great. And I think because when we were catching up about it, you were saying, because the bike only comes in white and red. Yeah. And I think you were saying, like, please, can it not turn up in red? Yeah, so they, they call this bike, they call it the gentleman sports bike. Yeah. Because you can almost, it's got quite a classic look with that single headlight. So you can wear pretty much anything when riding it around town, etc. So for me, the red one was like the older man's version. Yeah. And the white one was like for the young buck. So I was like, please give me... And it also matches the bike gear better, I think, the white. It's interesting because I remember when this bike was released and people were it, people were quite divided. Some yeah. people were like, yes, we want this. This is so cool. It's like a Super Veloce Trance version or whatever. And there were some people that just said, no, this is it's not fully fed. It's not... No. You know, it's, it's, it's between categories. Yeah, exactly. Now, when I saw it in the flesh, when I came over to yours, I was blown away by how good looking yeah. it is. It is in the flesh. It's a completely different bike. Yeah, the I mean, pictures in the just sun, don't do it justice. Yeah, um, you've got these carbon accents that really don't show up until you look at it closely, and they work well. It's not done. It's not like tacky carbon. It's done well, and it's pearlescent white. Um, all the t- you've got the Olin suspension, which is fully electronic. Uh, all that I haven't been through half of this stuff. I mean, I'm leaving most of it on because it's just an insane thing to ride. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. So let's just talk about this. So the bike turns up. You swing a leg over it. Yeah. What are your first thoughts? Committed. Yeah, it's a very committed riding position. It's so my SV is like a an in between. It's a sports tourer. So you're you've got clip-ons. You're lent over, but this is fully sports bike. You know, ready to race position. Yeah. Um, and then I just had to take it for a spin. Couldn't wait. I was busy cleaning my bike for the for the show for the bike shed show, and I just dropped my microfibers and everything. And I literally got my helmet on. And I just went. Yeah. And uh, I cruised away from mine, and there's a bit of dual carriageway. Um, as you sort of head south so I was like the perfect place to test it so I got to the on-ramp and I was like right let's see what this thing can do 
So I just, I didn't want to give it too much because I know it's a powerful bike. It's 180 horsepower. Yeah. So I just gave it sort of half throttle and first gear and you've got that, that quick shift up and down. I wind on and the front picks up in second gear. Front picks up, it gets almost bouncing up off the ground. And then as I let off, you know, it's already within two seconds, we're, we're going pretty quick. Yeah. I'm not going to say how quick, but pretty fucking quick. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's the fastest bike you've ever ridden. It is, yeah. We've talked a lot about litre bikes on this podcast as if we know what we're talking about, as if we've ridden them before, <laughs> no. even though we haven't. What would you say you've learned having ridden that that you maybe didn't know before? I mean, tell me about it. Well, I have a whole new level of respect for people who can ride powerful bikes well. Not just guys who cruise around London and they just blast between sets of traffic lights. Guys who can actually manage the power. They they know how to use it in the corners um, because it's just a whole completely different ball game. It's It's insane. Do you feel as though if you twisted the throttle too much at the wrong moment, it could just flip you off. Yeah. Does, does it have that feeling? Well, it, yeah, it's got enough power yeah. to give you that sensation, but I think all the electronic assist that you have, I mean, I did a little pull next to you yesterday mm. and um, I felt the traction control come in yeah. because it wanted to just spin up and I was already going 40 miles an hour and the back wheel wanted to go so you can feel it cut the power to get the grip down. Um, but I think... Yeah, just, I'm still completely blown away by it. Yeah, no, clearly. And obviously you're going to be taking that up to the TT. How do you feel about riding that? I feel good about riding it, but yeah. I also feel at the same time I've just got to be really sensible. I can't get caught up in sort of that playfulness that comes with yeah. other bikers on sports bikes. <laughs> True. So it's just going to be a case of ride my own ride, enjoy the bike where I'm comfortable and just ride within my limits. And then last question about it, around town, how does it feel? It's amazing. Yeah. It's really good around town. Yeah, the throttle response is great. It's not too snatchy. It does low speed well. Very easy to maneuver around traffic. And even uh, slow speed control it almost balances by itself. Really? I can I can go slower than on that bike than I can on any other bike. Wow. Just dragging the rear brake and sort of one mile an hour. So yeah, no, it's, it's a really good all-rounder, I think. Happy days. So that was delivered. You had a bit of a spin on it. And then you had to give your body a clean ready for the show. Yeah, that was... Uh, what I like to call a dry shampoo. Oh, was it? <laughs> so it's a, it's a, just a spray and wipe with a microfiber. It was already relatively clean from the DGR. Yeah. So it just had a bit of um, dust on it. So I just gave it a wipe off and then, uh, yeah, delivered it to Tobacco Docks. So what what's it like delivering a bike? I mean, because I've never put a bike in the show. You don't hear much about what it's like behind no, the scenes don't. delivering it. So is it just a case of turning up and pushing it through the front door and finding so, a plinth? Or? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's almost like that. So I had no idea. So I had a few emails um from vicky saying the steps to delivering the bike and you get time slot with your loading bay so i get there and i ride up and down the front and i'm trying to ask some people where the loading bays are eventually i get some directions to a loading bay and it's down underground you go down get off the bike and they give you a couple of cable ties one goes on your left foot peg and one goes on your keys or whatever you want to keep and they're both numbered so when you collect your bike you have to have the numbered cable tie that matches the one on your bike otherwise they don't let you take it yeah so I get there, come down, get off the bike, sort everything out, drain the fuel out, and then start pushing the bike through this underground tunnel. It's almost like a like a bunker tunnel. It's all concrete and like painted arrows on the walls. And and, and this is under the road? This goes uh, under Tobacco Dock to under the venue. And then you come out on the lower floor and I was just sort of taken in through, you know, by one of the staff and they said, here's where your bike's going in this room here. And just loads of empty plinths and you just choose one. Fair enough. So you just push the bike on, kickstand down, and then 
leave it there for the weekend. And then there's the little placard that says the London Bonnie and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Where do you collect that from? So they, they must have put it on afterwards because it wasn't there when I turned oh, up. So okay. they've gone round and they've... And they've gone this one's this. Yeah. 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 So it must have been quite an operation to find where all the bikes were and know exactly what plinth was what. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah, whoever whoever did that job would have to be pretty knowledgeable about which bike's which. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so you drop the bike off and then we headed there on the Friday night and uh, oh, it was such good fun. Yeah, well, tell us your, your view of it. Yeah, well, I, so I, I missed the bike show show last year because I was at the TT. Yeah. That's when they coincided. Obviously, you were there, so you'd experienced it before. And, um, well, firstly, I think Tobacco Docks is such a cool venue. It's really cool. I can't imagine it being any better no. for, for what they, you know, for the bikes that are on display and the way that it's set up, I just think it's fantastic. You know, you've got that industrial feel, but, yeah. then, the, but then a kind of modern feel at the same time. I don't know, it's just really, really smart. So we turn up and... I was just blown away by the quality of the bikes. Yeah. And it's so clear that every person who's entered a bike into the show has put their heart and soul into the build. I know. There's like very few of the very few of the bikes I looked at, I thought, yeah, he's sort of half asked that. It's like you look at all the detail and it's just everything's been taken care of. hundred percent. And I think it's a little bit like when you go to an art gallery and you've got to kind of give You've got to give each piece like a bit of time and appreciation. You've got to study it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I actually feel I feel really bad skipping bikes because I think there's someone that spent like maybe six six to eight months building this exactly, thing. Exactly, yeah. And I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh yeah, interesting, nice tank, right, move on. No. You know, when he's when he's sweated over like one tiny little bolt here or one weld there. So yeah, I was I, I just found it really interesting seeing what was there. And also, like, everyone has such a different take on what they want a bike to look like. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's like some people go for the really kind of bratty look, and then some people go very sleek. And, yeah, I just think it was... I, I was just really impressed all around. And I know a few people who submitted bikes, and they were still working on them the night before. So a close friend of mine, uh, he built a Jixxer. Uh, let me think. I'm going to get it wrong, and he's going to listen. He's going to be like, oh, no... It's a. Uh, we, we can work together and get, get we can it right. Together. So he he's called the bike the Pick and Jigs because it's a mix of parts, but it's a 750 Jigsaw with an 1100 engine in it, and he's got Kawasaki wheels in it and Yamaha R1M brakes, and he's he's basically milled the suspension linkages himself, designed it all on CAD, and so the work that's gone into that's incredible. But he was up the whole night before the show mm. doing welding and last minute prep and assembling the bike to get it ready. Yeah. Why do you think it's a bit of a trend, isn't it? It's like even with the Malay events, when people are building bikes for that and then the tobacco docks um, for the bike show and stuff, it's like people are always up the night before doing yeah. last minute bits. And I, I always, I'm always thinking like, why aren't you just getting it ready like weeks in advance? But I guess it's the whole culture of it just yeah, and it, right I up think- until the deadline. I think uh, also when you outsource stuff to be done by other people. So I know with this friend of mine, his Jixer, he was relying on paint from someone and then they ended up having to pull out. And the whole frame and fairings had to go to a, another place to get done. So that was two weeks of time before the show occupied just on painting and stuff. Yeah. So that probably caused it. But yeah, no, you can just see the blood, sweat and tears that went into every single bike and hats off to every builder. Yeah, I know, it's a real operation. What were some of the bikes that caught your eye? Oh, I'd, do you know what? I'd have to... There'd be an endless list. Yeah, actually, an endless yeah. list. There's so many bikes and I almost have to go back through my photos to remember yeah. each bike because just so many. Um, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because when you're... Like, the mind adjusts to, like, what you give it. And yeah. so, like, you know, when you're out on the street and you might see, like, a bike bay and there'll be some KTM 890 Duke with a tail tie and you're like, oh, look yeah. at that custom. Yeah. 
And then you go to the shared show, and there's like every single bike there. It's like a ground up build. And you're it's like, like oh, overload. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Oh, that's quite interesting. You know, yeah. It's overload. No, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, there's a few bikes that stood out for me. Uh, one of them being Ace Classics Steve McQueen replica. Yeah. Was that a was that 1961? I think that, so. That kind of it. Yeah. The I mean, red, and, red and white with the yellow number boards. Yeah. Really stunning looking bike. There was a few Harleys as well. I mean, I'm not a huge Harley fan, but there were some that were just done so well. I was like, yeah. I'd ride that. <laughs> when, cool when, when are you going to get on a Harley? Well, it's... It's, uh, it's a fair question, I think. It is a fair question. Um, I think it's going to be some some point in the in the foreseeable future. Yeah. We'll say within the next year or two. Yeah, yeah. No, cool. I think that's achievable. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. One thing that I always love is like, when you have these bike events, I always find the car park just as interesting as the actual event itself. We it had is. the same thing when we went to the MCN show up in Birmingham last winter or whenever it was. I, I spend just as much time in the car park yeah. than I do, you know, in the actual event itself. And so we spent a bit of time yesterday, didn't we? We did. Just going up and down the um that cobbled road with yeah. you know, within all those planters. And there were some really interesting bikes there. Yeah, people riding bikes in, you know, they're just as cool as a lot of the bikes that you see in the show for their own unique reasons. Yeah. Um so we yeah, we went through them and checking every single bike out. Oh, that's cool, that's cool. So Watch the Instagram because you might be able to see a few of the bikes that were in the parking. Yeah, so w- one of the one of the guys we spoke to was this French dude who'd come over, and I think no, I think he'd been in London for a while. He did about a year, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he was on a Suzuki Bergman 650. We always kind of joke about Bergmans, like they're a bit of a, I don't know, there's just something. It's like <laughs> oh, a Bergman is it's just like the fun, funny scooter, isn't it? It is, yeah. But he was basically saying like it's actually really capable 650. Yeah. This, it's just like one gear so he doesn't have to shift Twist and so, yeah so he was saying it's actually quite rapid and i mean well compared to this gold wing which i guess is a sort of yeah. interesting comparison but it got me thinking i was like okay hang on a sec do you reckon if you were up against him on your bonnie getting from one side of london to the other who, who do you think would win like say good it was question. a race yeah that is a good question on my bonnie yeah not on the not on the RR. Not on the RR because then we know the answer. <laughs> um, We've got to keep it somewhat even. Yeah, I, re- yeah. I reckon your body pumps out a probably similar horsepower to the Bergman. It's I would, true. I would assume those Bergmans are quite wide. I mean, he did demonstrate how his electric mirror sort of folded in at the push of a button. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it's all plastic. It is all plastic. So yeah, it can't it can't weigh that much. I think it would be down to rider ability. Yeah. At the end of the day. So yeah, it would be. If they're similar power outputs and you know similar size, I mean my bars. If I had to put narrow bars on mine, I think I'd have a have the edge. Yeah, but yeah, it'd be close. Yeah, but it's, I love it because he was so passionate about his scooter. He was, yeah. And that's not a bike that I would ever necessarily go for, but it's just lovely that he loves it. Do yeah, you know what I mean. And, yeah. and that's just sort of the the biking culture. Something. Yeah, up. it's the passion that you have for your machine, and that's what makes it so great. I think. Now. I've got a couple, there's just a couple of thoughts have been spinning in my mind. I just want to let you know, see what you think. So firstly, now that the weather's got better, you know, one can lean the bike over a lot more. The tires are warm. You you can can actually enjoy the roads more. Now, I was speaking to a non-biker friend the other day and they asked me the question, they said, how do you know how far to lean the bike over? And I said, well, you know. And then then I thought, hang on, how do you know? And it was actually a really good question. So I wanted to raise it to you because I've been thinking about it since. And I'm not actually too sure because there's no real measure. It is is a complete feeling. It's like pushing it to the limit. Yeah. But you don't really know where the limit is. So how how would you say you know how, how far to lean the bike over? It's that's a really good question because it's, it is. 
it's so dependent on so many factors. I mean, it can be the camber of the road surface. It can be how undulating it is. It can be what type of tarmac it is, whether it's whether there's manhole covers there or any other hazards or a bit of gravel or something. For me, if it's, you know, like it has been this weekend and it's been nice and sunny and warm and the tarmac's hot and the tires get hot and you've got trust in your tires, then there's no reason why you can't lean it over to the pegs touching the floor, which I did on the way over here. But I think it's, it's purely based on judgment and it's the speed you're going. There'll be times when I'm going over a certain speed and I think, no, I'm not going to be able to touch peg because I'll just tuck the front. So it's really based on, and each bike's going to be different. I think if I had to put road tires on my bonnet, it would be a completely different story. On the, on that line of subject, I've got TKCs on my scrambler now. Yeah. And I'm quite surprised at how worn they are already. Yeah. <laughs> so can we just talk about this for a sec? Because you, you've, you've gone through several sets of TKCs yeah. in the past. This is my first proper set. Now, when they were new, they were looking, you know, the edges were looking sharp. I was like, yeah. oh, these are the absolute business. And I looked at them literally last night and I was like, hang on a sec. I've lost several mil of, you think so? of rubber. Well, they just look different. Yeah, that's interesting. So first question is, how long are they going to last? Well, my set, my rear TKC, because I've got different tires on my bike. Yeah. <clears throat> so my rear TKC did me for about 7,000 miles. That seems like a lot. It almost did a whole year. So I, I changed it. I changed the rear over just before the beach race and I fitted the, the last TKC just before the beach race last year. Mm. And we've done quite a bit of riding and I rode it all the way through this winter. So, Yeah, but yours was bald by the time you changed it. Yes, it was just just above the limit. Yeah, because what I'm thinking is I like the idea of having fresh rubber for all these off-road like, races and events yeah, we do. Yeah, of course. So I'm thinking, can I burn through the rear TKC in time for the mild a new one, on. a new one on. or do you think that's not even possible <laughs> no that won't be possible you really think so i still had plenty of tread left on mine before you'll be fine for the yeah. mile yeah i had loads of tread left on mine because i was even considering maybe not for the summer having knobblies on for the whole summer but for the winter this year going to something a bit more road biased turn my bike into more of a street tracker because my front knobbly tire for the winter is just shocking yeah but your front one isn't good anyway no because like, it's not fine. a tkc I mean, what what tires would you go for? Sort of Metzler Tourants or something? Oh no, that would be my one. No. <laughs> so what would you go for? Um, what are those Pirellis? The the MT sixties. I think they're the MT sixties. Yeah, I think they're quite a cool looking tire. Yeah, they are cool. Although I have heard they you get barely any mileage out of them. Is that so? Yeah, apparently, like literally two two and a half thousand miles. Well, I'm gonna have to uh, consider my options then because I really can't be doing that front tire this winter. Well, I think we'll have to revisit this subject come autumn because it's actually a very valid one. And if you're if you're going yeah. road tires for the for the winter, the peer pressure might kick in, and I'll be thinking, <laughs> okay, well, what am I getting? What am I getting? I tell you, a tire that can look quite good sometimes is you know that Pirelli um, Scorpion STR. Yes, that's quite good because you got that off road aesthetic. That's like the Ducati Scrambler. Yeah, exactly. Tire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I guess if you're going, oh, we'll have to have this. We're gonna have to have a whole tire debrief. Yeah, yeah, tire debrief. Yeah, no, I agree last thing to say on those tkcs is how do you think i'm gonna fare on the isle of man giving it the beans with those tires fine you, okay yeah absolutely fine so i i went for sort of a spirited ride on my first set of tkcs which were already partially worn uh, they just came with the chrome wheels when i bought them and we were riding i was with a first gen r1 and a honda vtr and we just went for a cruise outside the back of epping and it's these twisty country roads with sort of banked corners and I was at the back and they were in front. I thought, oh, two sports bikes, they're going to leave me. 
And I, I stayed on the tail the whole time. Every corner, I was piling it into the corner. Peg was touching down. And it was just the little straights. They'd get away from me. But the next corner, I'd be right back behind them again. And then we pulled over in this little village green and had a little break. And I'm like, how did you keep up? You did done well to keep up on that. And I said, well, it's, it's all in the corners. And the tyres were... I'd never lost trust in the tyres. Yeah. So I think for the TT, you'll be fine. Yeah, because there was part of me that was thinking, do I just quickly whack some road <laughs> you know i was like do i quickly whack some road tires on just for the tt um no that would be a sin <laughs> that would be a sin fair enough fair enough well um you've heard it here first yeah no road tires and a scrambler for the summer yeah okay understood understood yeah by the way there's no bike news this week oh gutting was the mcn a bit short of uh... no, no, i read i read my mcn um newspaper at this time of the year, there's actually just not that much bike news. No. It's all about the events. That's it. And it makes you realize, like, in the winter, when I'm, when we're doing my bike, our bike news, there's like five or six things on the list every week. It's like, this bike's coming out. Yeah. This is happening. And it it makes sense, actually, doesn't it, that all the news is in the winter because there's nothing else Nothing's going, going on. on. Yeah. But yeah, in the summer, it's like, there's just no new announcements. I mean, there is potentially a new Triumph coming out quite soon. Yes. Should we just talk about that very quickly? Well, we could. So, apparently... This is sort of hearsay, not 100% certain, but apparently there's some low-capacity Triumphs coming out. Yeah, entry-level. Entry-level, and I think they're going to be 400s. Yeah, yeah. So that's quite interesting. I think it's a, like a competitor for the, the Royal Enfield 350, isn't it? Yeah, I sent you those spy shots. Yeah. What did you think? It, it just looks like every other 400cc small-capacity bike to yeah. me. It didn't look, and there's nothing that really stood out and said, wow, that's a small-capacity Triumph. If it was like a mini, because they're, they're calling it, they like nicknamed the Baby Bonnie. Is that really what they're calling yeah, it? Yeah, I think the Baby Bonnie and the Baby Scrambler. I don't know if that's the official name, Yeah, but that's what people have nicknamed it. Yeah. So it just didn't stand out. as like, wow, that's a Triumph to me. Triumph have quite a strong brand reputation. Yeah. And it's like very easy for Royal Enfield to go and bring out like a 350 because they've always done that. Exactly. Whereas with Triumph, I guess this is kind of uncharted territory or maybe they did it way back. They did it way back with the old 350s and stuff, the Tiger Cubs. I really hope they don't call it a Tiger Cub. No, they can't. That would be another sin. (laughs) (laughs) I think that 400cc platform is going to be quite interesting. Yeah. And they've got a scrambler coming up. And I saw the spy shots and it's just like, it doesn't really look like a scrambler. Oh, okay. So I only saw the Bonnie spy shots. I haven't seen the scrambler ones. Yeah, I'll have to show you after this. It's like slightly higher mudguard. Oh uh, yeah, and a slightly sli- higher exhaust. Well, no, not even. And not even. No, I don't think so. So yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens. But there there have been these rumors for the last like two or maybe three years of this off road bike coming out. I know. From Triumph. Where is it? Where is it? This enduro bike. Every time I ask people that have any association with Triumph, it's like, oh, we don't know. Oh, it's uncertain, and there's just there's nothing. So hopefully we can see it this year. Yeah, that'd be really nice because that's the one bike I've been looking forward to. Well. Yeah. which you have to see but one thing about this new triumph release is the price point so it's actually coming in quite low i think it's between four and five thousand yeah which makes it quite affordable for someone new into biking to get on a triumph a new one at that yeah which is pretty cool but we'll have to see well i will be interested to see what you think when you take one as a press bike <laughs> you before me <laughs> no, no, no 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 not at all not at all right should we should we do our guess the engine game yeah let's do it shall i go first yeah. Uh, no. Well, I'm going to go first because I've got two. Because I oh, okay. well, only because you always get it. So I figured we'll double you, up. Yeah. Okay. Just, fine. Just, just to be safe. Just to be safe. I always give a bit of spiel about the bike, but I'm not going to say anything on this one. I'm just going to let you listen to yeah, it. Yeah. Go on then. Let's try it. 
okay. Interesting. Interesting. Right? Yeah. It's a twin. Yeah. The V twin. Yes. The V twin. Sounds like a high performance V twin. In a way, it's like quite brat brat with the pops and crackles. Yeah. American. No. It's not American. Okay, that's throwing me off. You could have gone for like the obvious again and just done sort of SV650 and plugged it, but I don't think you would have done that. Italian? Yeah. Okay, so it's an Italian V-twin. So it's it's either Aprilia or Ducati. Correct. So I'm thinking Ducati. Yeah, you'd, you'd be on the right lines. Okay, so it's got to be... There's only a few bikes it could be. It could be a Monster. It could be... Uh, a V2 or it could be I suppose that's it really it's super is it super sport is that it is that it is it a Ducati super sport no it's not oh this is throwing me off because it's it's, it's so many of their bikes I, I, use I, I, the same engine no, it's actually fantastic so I knew <laughs> this, I knew this, this would stun me yeah yeah this has gone exactly to plan I know exactly what engine it is but I just couldn't tell you what bike it's in I don't think you do really so it's it's not one of the L L twins. It, it is. It is. Is it a sport classic? No. No. <laughs> oh my word! It's one of their new bikes. It's one of their new bikes. Okay. Yeah. You're going to kick me. yourself because there's there's, a, there's a whole model that you're completely forgetting about. It's probably their largest capacity bike. The largest capacity bike. Yeah. In fact, in fact, it definitely is. It definitely is. Their biggest L twin. Their biggest L twin. My 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 <laughs> Ducati. Like, I'm stumped. No, no. Their the thing is, you actually you're gonna really kick yourself now. Their big. Oh, I, Quite a relaxed riding position. It's not a Diavel because that's a V. Is it a Diavel? Yeah. They do a V two. They they do a. I thought that was a V four. Well, the new one's a V four. I never even knew they did a a two cylinder Diavel. I I had no idea. I always thought I've always known it as Diavel V four. Fair enough. Yeah, I guess I I understand why you, why you think that because recently all that you guys have been pumping out is Diablo V4, Diablo yeah. V4. So, yeah, but it's always been a V twin until now. Wow. Well, you learn something new. Yeah. So should we do you? Go on. Okay. So this one's uh, I'm I, well, I struggled to get a sound clip that was clean. So we have a bit of background chatter in this one. Interesting. So I'll see what you think. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I always love those clips where there's quite a lot of white noise in the background. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to really like think, not listen to the, uh, the the voices. Okay, so the startup, it, it just sounded like a like a Harley, or at least an American V twin. I should be professional. No, 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 because it had that slightly sort of slow winding, as if it was large capacity. And you would be right in saying it's large capacity. Okay, so it's not. Is it a V twin? It's not a V-twin. I'm going European twin. It is a European twin. I'm going BMW boxer twin. It is a BMW yeah, I, boxer twin. Yeah, it's that... I got is that, thrown is that off, idle? Yeah, and it's also the way the way that it cranks with that start. Yeah. I um, I only know that startup so well is because when I borrowed Andrea, one of our good friends, BMW R80s yes. at last year's Mallet and took oh, it into the yeah. field and it wouldn't start, I got very used <laughs> to the sound of that starter motor. So it's that... It's quite a sort of lethargic yeah wind up 
Okay, so yeah, it's a BMW Boxer Twin. I can refresh your memory if you'd like. Yeah, go on. Large capacity. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Got it. R18. Yeah, it is an R18. Damn it. I wish I'd remembered that because then I could have... Um... Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, it's now very obvious. Yeah, I thought I'd give you that one because there were so many of them at the show. Yeah, there really were. It's a really cool bike. You know, it's funny because I it's not a familiar sound because you just don't see you many don't of them see about. them anywhere. No. Especially not in London because they're so huge. I mean, I sat on one at uh, MCN and had the widest bars. I just thought it yeah. must take up a whole lane with just the handlebars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, crazy bikes. Right, I'm going to give you... I've got another one. You've got another one. I think it'll be quite easy, but I had it as a backup, but let's do it. Why not? Okay, go on then. Let's give it a try. <laughs> Yeah, so he's quite playful with the throttle there. He is, yeah. So it's, it's a Triumph Triple, yeah. by the sounds of it. But which bike is it in? This is the question. You might be trying to sort of catch me out and do a Speed Triple RR, but that would be too obvious. So, is the Trident a triple? Yes. Is it a Trident? Yeah. Wow. It's tricky when you've got these bikes that all use the same engine, and they all sound virtually identical. It's true. It's true. Even the BMW, I mean, the R, if I hadn't said large capacity, it could have been any, anything from a GS through to an R9T. Very true. Very true. Well well done. Yeah, thank you. That was quite a good uh, guess the engine game. Yeah, it was. Always, always a joy. Now, a few, few questions. Yeah, let's do it. So we had a few this week. Some few interesting ones as well. So uh, let's see what we've got. So one question from RKT120. And he says... Did you enjoy having your bike on show for the world to see? This is actually quite an interesting question. I did. It was cool. So I went back to the show on Saturday afternoon just to check it out properly because there were so many friends and people we met before other events that you want to catch up with um, on the Friday night. So it would be a good chance to look at the bikes I missed on the Saturday. So I was waiting for someone. I thought, let me just go stand by my bike in a corner and just sort of watch from a distance. And it's quite interesting how people look at your bike. Oh, and tell it's us. really interesting. So I had a few people firstly come over and they're, you know, they're highlighting the dents in the tank. They're putting their fingers in the dents to sort of gauge how deep they are and get a feel for it. And then they see the scuffs on the engine case and they're running their finger over them to see the damage. But I had one uh, gentleman who came up to mine. He's looking at my exhaust and like admi- admiring them with his friends. And then he goes to the end and he just puts his finger in the end of the <laughs> exhaust. No. <laughs> he just winds his finger in and he does it in both of them. And then he pulls them out, it's all black and sooty. Because, you know, it's, it's on the exhaust part. So I don't know what he was checking to see if there's baffling in there. But, you know, quite wow. wild. And then you obviously get the people get their phone torches out and they start shining them and sort of behind the ignition and inside the engine and around the engine cases and people taking pictures of like your indicators and stuff, just random parts of your bike, foot pegs. And they've obviously seen it. Thought, yeah, I want that on my bike. Quick snap and in the library. So yeah, it's interesting seeing people look at the bike. But overall, cool experience to have it there. Yeah, fair enough. By the way, have you fixed your indicators? Uh, it's a work in progress. So that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a work in progress. Okay, next question from... Oh, that's a Siminimon. Siminimon. Cool. Very few of my mates ride. Any tips on how to find like-minded folk to go for a potter? Good question. So mm. for me... I think it's some of these venues. If you've got a biking venue near you, it's a great place to go and engage with other bikers. 
you can admire their bikes, you can talk biking, you can like, grab a coffee, have something to eat and just chat. That's how we met. We met the bike shed. So True. that's a, that's yeah, it's a good place to to meet people. Or I guess there's plenty of groups online, Facebook and Instagram, places like that. Yeah, well, when we were at the show yesterday, there was a guy handing out business cards for this new app, Freedom Machines. Yes, Freedom Machines. Could be worth checking that out. Yeah, check that out. And I, see, don't know, yeah. I don't know how many people will be on it yet, but... No, it's relatively new. Yeah, it'd be worth having a look at. Yeah, definitely. So, another question from Otis West. Best three mods for the Bonnie Scram platform. Do you want to go and answer this one? Yeah. So, the mm, thing is, this, with a stock bike, there's actually so many things that need no, to no. be done. But I would say exhaust. Yeah. Indicators. Yeah. Seat. Yeah, 100%. The big Triumph bench, as comfortable as it may be, just not a... Uh, not the stylist, stylist, stylist. Yeah, beautifully put. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not the best looking seat. Okay, and uh, I've just got how are you from Matt, <laughs> Matt Raggy. All right, Jed, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Very well. And then I've also got bike shed with exclamation marks. The so, people are passionate about the bike shed. They are. I respect that. Yeah, we were there the other evening and uh, people come in off the street and they're obviously new and they've come to the area to check out the bike shed. And they walk and they're just taking pictures of the signs and the outdoor seating. And it's obviously to go back to wherever they've come from and show their friends how cool it is. So, yeah, go bike shed. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, one of the uh, two more things I want to mention. Go on. Firstly, on ITV at the moment, there's a really cool documentary on the Isle of Man TT. It's called No Room for Error. Okay. So you can get it on ITVX, which is their on-demand yeah. thing. And as someone that's been to the TT before, I think they catch, captured it really well. Okay. It's clear that it's like maybe not the highest budget yeah. documentary out there, but it's, 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 it's done, done well. It's done really well, I yeah. think. So if there's anyone that's like interested in what the TT is like, and because the thing with the TT is like, most people just go on YouTube and type Isle of Man TT and then they just watch exactly. flybys and they're like, whoa, that's amazing. But this documentary, it's a four part series. It's like four hour episodes Long, yeah. and um, it's really good. So I definitely recommend that to you before we go. Yeah, I'd have If to. you could squeeze in a couple of episodes, it's just, it's just cool to watch. Yeah, I'll see if I can uh, get that one tonight. Yeah. That'd be really cool. And then the l last thing I want to talk about is I had to give you a lift yesterday from your oh, place oh. to the bike shed. <laughs> yes. Um, to the tobacco docks to get your bike. Yeah. Now, that was probably one of the hottest moments I've ever felt in terms of my bike underneath me. Now, here's a question. With these air-cooled bikes, at the let's say you're at a, like a long red light, Mm. Is it better to turn the bike off or to let it re um, remain running? Let it keep running. Yeah. Yeah, because you're putting extra wear on your starting components by shutting it off at every set of lights. And, you know, they're built to be air-cooled and remain at an, a safe operating temperature even when stationary. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely just let it run. Yeah. I mean, during the DGR, my bike got exceptionally hot. Yeah. And there was another old 60s BMW R60 box twin. And I think if that thing can keep going, my bike from, you know, 40 odd years later can definitely keep going. Yeah. So, yeah, let it run. Let Fair it enough. Run. Cool. But yeah, TT soon. TT soon. We're heading up this week. This week, yeah. Really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's worth mentioning. There probably won't be an episode next week. No. Because we're going to be away. But expect an extended debrief when we return. Yes, it will be extended. Yeah. So look forward to that. And then 
keep an eye on the socials because we'll be updating them regularly with our TT content. 100%. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be great fun. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure. Catch you in a couple of weeks. Indeed. See you later. Bye-bye.